my family hiked a mountain while we were a couple mountains while we uh-huh. were in Hawaii, but sure. we we summited oh. uh, Mount Kea. And it was a long hike. And this guy comes up to us and he's like, he's like, my hiking buddy, she's sick. Like, I have to go up the top of the mountain, but you have to go find her. And so my dad like, <laughs> speed walks down this mountain trying to find this lady uh-huh. yeah. who this this guy has abandoned. Sure, right? Right. She's because sick. he's yeah. like, he's like, how far is it to the top? My brothers are like, oh, it's like two miles or whatever. And he's like, okay, I walk really fast. I'm going to go. And, and then we're like, why did he leave this lady? Yeah. Like, oh, anyway, so was we, there a lady? There was a lady, so my okay, dad so found a, this her. This wasn't a scam. Yeah. No, I was fully prepared so for you to be like beaten right, up. Yeah. Right, it's no, like a gang situation. No, she, <laughs> there was an actual lady, and she was not feeling well. She was like having, you know, dehydration and all sorts mm. of stuff. So my mm. dad walked with her for like a mile, mile and a half, and then she was like, I can't go anymore. So they sat on the edge of the road, <laughs> and then my dad me. like flagged <laughs> someone down, and yeah. then finally she was able to yeah. like get a ride and go wow. down. But um, yeah, it's just a like, more ho- it's just heroic insane. intro than like, we normally Why get. would you yeah. leave? You know, and she's like, yeah, my best friend, you know, he really wanted to go to the top of the mountain, and we're like, what, what kind a of best friend <laughs> yeah. leaves you when you're dehydrated and yeah. want to pass out? Welcome back to Beyond Sunday. This is Pastor David Bowser. With me, as always, is Elise McCarter. Still here, still pretty successful. And still joining us today is Pastor Cassandra. Hello. For our first ever uh, two women in studio <laughs> podcast. We're this very so excited sad. about this, this opportunity. <laughs> better late than never. I know. Uh, yeah. So. We're making strides. For what it's worth, it was never like an intentional, like, no, no one's allowed to have two. Yeah. That was never the point. It just didn't work out. It didn't happen. But we're glad that you two get to uh, record a podcast yeah, episode together. See. Very yeah. excited. Yeah, glad to have you both here. Uh, I need to start off with an apology. And then, uh, Elise, I believe you have a, a news story for us. I do. Yep. And then I've got some real stuff for us to talk about, too. Uh, my apology. What is it? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Uh, I think it might have been two weeks ago. I think it was now. two episodes ago. Yeah. Two episodes ago, uh, I incorrectly and ashamedly uh, put Beyonce, uh, Queen Bee herself, in the group TLC and not more appropriately into Destiny's Child, which is the group that she was the front uh singer for uh so my apologies to beyonce to uh children of the 90s everywhere i am sorry uh you deserve better and i hope that i can uh, live into your expectations in the future not usually the type of apology that (laughs) pastors make it's not (laughs) i am a uh, i'm in strange waters right Right. now (laughs) i'm not really sure what i'm doing arguably this is way better than types of apologies that usually pastors have that's true yeah yeah. probably more genuine than a lot of them too yep (laughs) this rings sincere (laughs) I am, yeah, I am deeply sorry. So yeah. to any listeners, uh, I got called out by a listener, by the way. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. One of our listeners, because, you know, the podcast comes out on Mondays, and yeah. it was Monday afternoon, and I got a text, and he's like, did you just imply that Beyonce was in TLC? It's like, oh, no, did I? <laughs> well, I definitely you did. You just implied that we have listeners. I, not only, so. yeah, we have a listener, for sure, at least one. Yeah amongst our tens of listeners that we often reach out to yeah yeah so i'm sorry listeners you deserve better and and beyond sunday hopes that we can do better in the future <laughs> we'll start by not letting david talk about pop culture yeah, yeah. to my credit elise should have stopped me <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that's blaming women for men's problems no that's blaming, that's blaming you for my problem <laughs> nothing about women and men this right. happens to be you that's fine since we've got two women on the podcast today yeah i can't blame patrick so i gotta blame somebody <laughs> why can't you blame patrick because well, he's, he's not here. It's, it's because he's old. Well, that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would not have gotten the cultural <laughs> yeah. reference. Who's Beyonce? <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great Patrick impersonation. Thank you. Spot yeah. on. 
All right. You got a news story for I us? I do have a news story for us. So uh, keeping in recent tradition of mine where every news story I brought has been about bears. That is true. <laughs> She's been on a streak. It's okay, been unbroken yeah. recently. Almost as good as your parents' wordle streak that I hear legends of. But yeah. Well, that broke over <sighs> vacation. Oh, no. That's oh, another story travesties. for another time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next podcast. Yeah. Our condolences to the Nagel right. family yeah. and their, their right. sorrow. Yeah. Uh, so Should we send a sympathy card? Would that be appropriate? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> their wordle streak. <laughs> From Beyond Sunday. Uh, uh, so flight to Dubai delayed after bear escapes from crates in cargo hold. Yikes. Ooh. Yeah. Aren't what the- kind of bear? <laughs> um, that, that's the most pressing question. A, a one bound for Baghdad. <laughs> a what? Oh. Oh, oh, one bound for Baghdad. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't say, uh, so what, it does right. not say what kind of bear. Why was it going believe. to Baghdad? That doesn't seem like a good that's place a for a bear. That's a really good question. Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't aware that you could actually fly with a bear on an airline. Yeah. I mean, uh, the bear's got to get from point A to point B somehow. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't register it as an emotional support animal so it could ride in the cabin. Excellent question. That would have been an option. My emotional support bear. Right. He gives me bear hugs. Right. It makes me feel better. Right. And also he will eat you. Really? We're gonna we're all gonna walk right past bear hugs? That was like such a uh, sorry, I just that felt predictable. So I mean, yeah, but sometimes you gotta swing at the softballs, right? Right. Otherwise you're never gonna hit a home. There's probably there's opportunity for a few more for you in here. Um so this is I'm not as good as Patrick, but I'll try. No, nobody can can be at that level. Uh, or should be (laughs) (laughs) so iraq's prime minister has ordered an investigation into how a bear escaped from its crate in the cargo hold of an iraqi aircraft as it was due to depart from dubai airport leaving passengers disgruntled over Mm. the delay and causing a stir on social media yeah i'll bet Um, iraqi airways is taking the position that it was not to blame for the bear's escape (laughs) and that the aircraft's crew worked with authorities in the united arab emirates okay which dispatched specialists to sedate the animal and remove it from the plane sure um was the bear supposed to be on this plane yes but he was supposed to have been sedated he for this was plane? supposed to be in a bear cage okay and he still opened doesn't... the bear cage mm. Ooh. so the then... bears are getting smart this is like the yeah. scene in jurassic park when the dinosaurs figure out how to open doors this is concerning right yeah yeah Bears that can open doors is not a good sign for humanity. There is an accompanying video, which obviously you can't watch unless you Google it. Home viewers of <laughs> like an airline employee just reaching into the cargo hold of the airplane nope. with the luggage and just like patting this bear on the head. Mm-mm. Oh my. Like, it's Hard pass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you wanted a bear hug, but you don't want to pat the bear on the head? From an that? emotional support bear, not a bear that's been cooped up and caged underneath want, the cargo hold. You want maybe hold. like a side hug, right? Like you don't want to have the bear's face in your face. You want to like... Is your face in someone's face when you give them a hug? (laughs) How do you hug people? (laughs) I mean, from the front, usually. (laughs) But I don't like put my face in their face. My face is like still off to the side of their face. A bear is built differently than a person, though. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if I'm going for a bear hug, I'm going full head and chest, bare arms around. Yeah, just embrace it. Is it it standing up on its hind legs? Of course it is. Yeah, of course. How else would you get a bear hug? This is this a very know. detailed like fantasy I in know. his mind. Do you think about this often? <laughs> Only when I'm feeling sad. Okay. <laughs> well, you could fly Iraqi Airways and this <laughs> might be possible for you. Yeah. So you're apparently... Te- wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that both of you have like gone and seen bears and never thought to yourself, that bear looks like, like he needs a hug? That? Yeah. No. <laughs> or like seen a, a lion and been like, I, I want to cuddle its mane. You've never like looked at a lion and thought, I want to cuddle that lion's mane. No. It just looks so... Fl- I, I'm the one who doesn't like animals on this podcast, and I'm the <laughs> one who wants to hug and... All right, fine. Whatever. Well, Tell me I'm the weirdo. Probably we like, like dogs and cats and normal animals. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not living on the wild side. Right. Have some adventure. Clearly. 
Yeah. Uh, so apparently, here's a bit of sad news, is that it's become very popular for uh, the wealthy in Baghdad, in particular, to keep exotic animals oh. uh, sort of as pets. Uh, frequently, they wind <sighs> up on restaurant menus. Um, so I'm not sure really what the interplay there is between, you know, Well, eventually, they, they don't want to take care of it, right? I mean, I guess maybe get like tired of scooping it. And waste not want that. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, so you know how it is. Everybody says I want a bear, and then it's always your neighbor that ends up taking care of it. And eventually, <laughs> the kids say they're going to clean the litter box. Right. They, they never don't. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, okay, I've threatened enough times. I got to send this bear to the restaurant. That's right? <laughs> would you eat a bear burger? Like, what hmm. if you had to eat bear? What would you? I think I've actually had bear before. Bear burger could be interesting. Yeah. Or maybe, like a a, maybe a bear steak. steak. Yeah. Yeah. Bear steak. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. You could like, do so many things with like bear puns. Are you allowed too? to eat bear meat? Are you allowed? Is that I know yeah, people. Yes, like, you're people, allowed to eat bear meat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some things you're like not supposed to eat. Probably like there are probably stricter hunting rules surrounding bears sure. than there are like deer. Yeah. I don't know any of this for sure. I am making this That's up. Not, that sounds like something that <laughs> would be true. It sounds plausible. Yeah. I have friends who have shot bears before. Intentionally? Yes. Okay. Like, Is, are these your friends in Alaska that you allude to, but we've never met? <laughs> no, it's my friend in Colorado that I allude to, oh. but you've never met. Okay. Fair so. enough. She's got friends all over the world that she alludes to. That we've cool, never met. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not bringing them to the podcasts, you <laughs> Why know, not? right? Because they're all over the world, busy Hello, shooting bears. Zoom exists. We could yeah. do this. <laughs> okay, I'll call them up. We could zoom in while they're hunting a bear. Were they were they hunting the bear, or were they just like the bear was in their way? So it was like a nuisance bear situation that was coming on <laughs> the ranch. <laughs> So nuisance bear. Yeah, to get bear shot. Just, bear just comes on like telling all sorts of bad puns. Right, <laughs> it's like just a really annoying bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this, this bear's bear. the worst. I, I just got to shoot him. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> you got a nuisance host on this podcast. Right. <laughs> it rotates. Yeah, we're all a nuisance host at yeah. one point or another. <laughs> we all need breaks from one another. It's, yeah. All right. So if you're gonna fly a bear, fly a bear. Yes. If you're gonna fly a bear, Iraqi lock airlines. It up, lock, lock it up. Yeah. On Iraqi. It doesn't seem like the cargo hold is the best place for a bear, but I don't where, know. Where don't would know. you put the bear in uh, this? Oh my gosh. You'd have to put it on the wing. <laughs> oh, that's enough. It's it like in the twilight zone. Is there a bear on the twilight zone? I don't know if it was a bear, but there's like a, there's a, the nightmare at 30,000 oh, feet, that yeah. like famous episode. What is it? A werewolf or I, something I no that's idea. on the, oh, yeah. yeah, that fuzzy beast. Yeah. This is, this is yeah, sci-fi. This is your Snakes wheelhouse. on a plane. Oh, yeah. snakes on a plane. Yeah. That's the classic movie I don't, that I never know, saw. That sounds like the a good band name. Snakes on a plane. Yeah. It would yeah. be good. Yeah. The plane probably would not fly with a bear actually on the wing. Sure. Um, this so pilot here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about hunting, but I can tell you. you could train the bear to be like an air steward, you know? Ooh. Give this him a job. Great. Yeah, yeah give like, him a job. like the old yeah. Russian circus bears. Yeah, right. I yeah. like it. Right. It's My, probably about as personable as like half the stewards. <laughs> Just like screams in your face when you ask for a drink. My, <laughs> le- my legit concern for the bear is that the cargo hold is not pressurized. And you're flying at like 30,000 feet. Yeah, they do that to dogs too though. Right, and they're cool with it? I mean, I mean, I think they probably hate it. They're okay? They like they survive? <laughs> yeah, they survive. Right. There's uh, rules about like flat face dogs because we discriminate. <laughs> What's the rule about flat? <laughs> they have, they have breathing problems, so oh, flat like, dogs yeah, like, like we can't asthma? find the car. Sort of, it, okay. They it's got a fancy brachio something or another name, uh, but they can't fly in a non-pressurized environment because they develop they asphyxiate basically. Wow. Yeah. Well, that took a dark turn. I know. <laughs> Sorry okay. for the On bummer. That note, <laughs> thanks for the news story right. and the downer. We right. appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into our uh, real story today. Uh, not that that wasn't real. That was real. It's just not what it, we're going to talk I, about. I think it was real. It was on HuffPost. So. Uh, we're back with our friends at Relevant. 
Uh, our we friends. Have, yeah, we haven't been with them for a while because we were, uh, jumped off for a two-parter on uh, the role of men in the world. And uh, yeah, we were with uh, Washington Post for that one. So that was a new. Yeah. But so we're back with Relevant this week. Uh, the title of this, Forget the Work-Life Balance. What we need is a work-life rhythm. Yeah. So do you guys, you got rhythm? No. None? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, is this like more of like a just a... Uh, an aesthetic for your life you have no rhythm or like you don't have a, a work-life rhythm i i don't have rhythm i feel yeah. like it's like a personality yeah. thing right you either have oh. it or you don't oh. sure you know? okay yeah yeah i could see that yeah i was a percussionist once upon a time so i like so you have rhythm well i tapped everything whether or not i have rhythm <laughs> I, I, i'm a tapper okay. uh yeah and in fact it's really hard for me on the podcast because i often want to like just yeah like fiddle and yeah fiddle and da, da, yeah. you know tap my fingers on the table yeah. or do that guy which i'm sure everybody just heard or, right yeah, Cassandra has noticed that I'm a nervous clicker with pens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, very annoying. <laughs> there are worse habits, but right. yeah, it is It is right. one of them. Uh, you can find uh, sympathy with my wife. She also finds it super annoying. Yeah. yeah, especially like when we're driving, because I'll just like be tapping on the steering wheel oh. as we're going. Yeah, <laughs> my spouse is a cleaner. That's <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like that, a more productive habit. At first habit. blush, that does not sound annoying. I will give you that. Sure. That sounds amazing. And it's great. He's wonderful. But like driving down the road, he'll have like a rag that he pulls out and he's just like dusting the inside <laughs> of the car on the interstate. And I'm just like, they're on their brakes in front of us. You know? <laughs> like, we're going to die. There are more pressing yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about this uh, this title? When you hear like, let's start here. What, when you think here, work-life balance, what do you think of? What does that mean for you? Oh, I mean, work-life balance, we almost exclusively use the apply to like uh, corporate life, right? Mm, like sure. everybody says they want it. Nobody has it. It's yeah. all the, kind of a pushback towards, you know, the industrial culture of, you know, 40 plus hour work mm-hmm. week. They're mm-hmm. always available when we need you. You're missing funerals, birthdays, recitals, that kind of stuff. Missing um, your own funeral. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not bad. allowed to die. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. You have unfunished business. Yeah, which is a, a particular, I mean, not exclusively, but a particularly unique American problem. Right. right? This is uh, not the same in other cultures. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'll stop there. What do you think? Your uh, your thoughts on work-life balance, Pastor Sander? I think Elise said it better than I could. Oh, so. well. <laughs> if we're you just were invited spend, back. <laughs> we're going to spend the whole cat podcast just flattering Elise. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, okay, so... Uh, maybe let's talk, let's talk about that for a minute. So, um, in the United States, right, uh-huh. we have this forty-hour work week. Uh, that's kind of like the assumed way, and uh, there's been a lot of pushback against that in, mm-hmm. in recent years, and there's been a lot of pushback against the sense of like you're always available for uh, your job. And we've even uh, talked about this briefly on the podcast in the past of people saying like uh, the new generation of workers that are coming into the workforce. Uh, don't want to have to abide by that but the older generation that's like in charge of the word course still <laughs> <laughs> expect that level of yeah. i don't want to say commitment because that makes it sound like they're not committed expect that letter, letter level of uh involvement and yeah. connection maybe is a better way to say that do we think that's healthy do we think that's a a useful way for the corporate world to exist that you're like available 24 7 no matter what because we kind of i mean pastor Center, you and i kind of function in a world in which we're available 24 7 yeah you guys yeah. do don't you mm-hmm. yeah is that is that healthy? Is that a good thing? For <laughs> no, it's super unhealthy. Why? Yeah. Uh, I'm, well, I'm not saying it is. Or I'm just curious. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that work life balance is sort of a myth to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you cannot always be balanced in everything all the time. Sure. Right? Unless you're like, a gymnast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even gymnasts fall off the balance beam. Not the good it's ones. True. <laughs> That's the best part of the Olympics. <laughs> when they fall. Yeah. <laughs> 
assume it's a Russian gymnast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't lie. All right. That's, <laughs> listen, one of my one of my favorite memories, 1996 Atlanta Olympics, the women's uh, U.S. gymnastics team was going for their first, I think, first ever team gold. Yeah. And it was against the Russians. Mm-hmm. And there was like one Russian who was going on the balance beam. And my brother and I were cheering for her to like wobble because she only yeah. had to like miss like by a tenth of a point. Like, right. We just need you to wobble. We just right. need you to wobble. And she fell off completely. <laughs> yes. And, <yeah. laughs> We probably should not have cheered right. as loud as we did. But. Jesus knew. That's right. Because <laughs> Jesus was definitely on the side right. of the U.S. Yeah, women's obviously. gymnastics team. Yeah. He's not on the side of communism. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a good turn. What are we All talking right. about? Okay, work-life balance. Yeah. And um, the Russian gymnastics team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's connected. Um, but you can't be balanced in everything all the time. Like, that's sort of a fallacy because when you are focused on one thing, you... Yeah are not balanced in another thing, you know, by nature. So I I like this idea of a work-life rhythm. It's like you devote your attention to this and then you shift it to this and then this, you know, and it's so that makes more sense to me than Mm -hmm. this like, oh, we're perfectly balanced or we're seeking this perfect balance. You cannot be perfectly balanced, but you can have a rhythm. Sure. I like that. Even if you think you don't have rhythm, you can have rhythm. Even if rhythm can be taught. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. So when I was in seminary, uh, they talked a lot about pastors needing to find work-life balance. Mm. Uh, was that something that was still like a buzz thing for uh, you when you were in seminary pastor center? Kind of, but like they didn't really use work-life balance. It was yeah. like, you have to make time for self-care. Oh, I mean, sure. That's yeah. sort of oh, the oh, new. Yeah, they're using self-care now. Yeah. 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 So it's it's like, was more emphasizing the life balance side mm-hmm. of it. But yeah. that general idea of work-life <laughs> Don't balance. Don't worry about work. Find life balance. <laughs> well, yeah. You I will mean, find like, no they work could have taught us about work a little more, <laughs> too. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, they, like, really emphasized the non-work aspects yeah. of okay. like what you're doing because yeah. they were like, if you don't take care of yourself, then you're going to be a crap pastor. Like, that was sort yeah. of their... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a genuine question yeah? for you guys. That's good. How we don't want to pick ones. do you find time to turn off and not be pastor for mm-hmm. a little bit? Because that seems important. Yeah. Like legit. it's important for everybody to step away from their careers, right? And yeah. have space to just be them for a little bit. How do you do that as a pastor? Pastor Cassandra, you're like six months into this uh, gig as an ordained pastor. Oh, man. You're really averaging it. Th- it's only four. Four months today, actually. Oh, or well, yesterday. Uh, happy yeah, four, we can, happy we four month anniversary. Yeah. yeah. I was giving yeah. you the benefit of the doubt. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so you're, how, how is that going? How are you finding it? Um, well, I guess what I would say is like, uh, I find it easier in this context than I assume I would if I was a solo pastor Mm, because like the fact that there are two of us, Mm -hmm. um, we can sort of balance like on call and things like that a little bit differently. Um, My like hard and fast rule is like, I don't look at emails, I don't respond to emails like, and try my very hardest to not have any meetings on Mondays. Like I need Saturday, I'm already thinking about Sunday and I'm already like in work mind, but like Monday is the, my my family teased me all vacation about like, you don't do anything on Mondays. I was like, no, I do (laughs) nothing. I sit with my cat on Mondays. And what do you all do on a normal Sunday? Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that for me is like, I have to like, basically physically block a day in my calendar where like, unless it's an emergency or like a meeting that like cannot be moved, it's, I'm not it's, thinking about God. Yeah. No. Like, it's God. just, that is like the day that like I watch <laughs> right. TV the and like do editing. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So that's yeah. how, that's how I do it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like a very schedule oriented person. So like if I don't put it on my schedule and like hold myself to it, mm. I will totally slip into like trying to, you know, draw myself in a million directions yeah. and that doesn't really help anybody. So. Yeah. I, uh, 
I think that one of the reasons that I gravitated toward this article is that I tend to fall more into a, a rhythm and mm. I know that there are just like busy seasons, right? Like, you know, three weeks leading up to Christmas is going to be crazy. Holy week right. is going to be crazy, right? Like those are going to be 60, 70 hour weeks. And I just know that that's what's going to happen because there's work that has to get done. And in the, mo- in the midst of people needing work done, there are going to be people who die and <laughs> sure. go to the hospital. It's and really like, inconsiderate. Right? Like, yeah, I, we try to tell them like, listen, no funeral during Holy Week. Like, right. That's, if you could die in the summer, there's, that o- there's only annual. one death during Holy Week. It's not yeah. yours. Get off the cross. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Quit trying to pull focus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh, i mean like things come up right that's that's doing ministry right is the the reality of that challenge and so um one of the things that i've been working on personally right kind of particularly since i've stepped into this role as lead pastor is finding that rhythm that i still find uh balance for myself and and that for me it's been a matter of scheduling like okay how can i make sure that i'm home for dinner x number of times or how can i make sure that i'm um around uh to do drop off uh in the morning for schools and things like that so i'm seeing kids in the morning how can i make sure that every weekend is not uh, booked up from sunup to sundown. And um, like, that's part of it for me. I do. I'm also, you know, we both take Mondays off. And mm-hmm. so we are uh, both pretty strict about Mondays. Um, but mine tends to be more of like a, where do I find those gaps in the day? Yeah. Um, and making myself uh, have kind of that presence to turn one thing off. And that's, it's a personal thing that I'm able to do that is just different. Right. And, you know, some people can't shut that off. Yeah. Um, but I can kind of come in and out of that pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that I do. Uh, also, like, just I get up earlier now than I used to in order to have intentional time for myself. Yeah. Um, and right now, that is primarily time where I'm, like, working out or doing something of that nature. But I'm up early with the intention of even if I'm tired later in the day, this time is beneficial for me. Yeah. And, you know, I can push through the... Though we're going to talk about some of the rhythm and why that might not be the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so, right. That's how it works for me, right? And, yeah. And then you kind of find that rhythm for yourself. Yeah. Uh, so I guess kind of the the point I was trying to make is that it's not bad to lose balance temporarily. Right. right? Like everybody kind of demonizes that a little bit, but it's a natural thing to lean more into one thing than another at any given point in time. Right. And just as long as like that at some point swings back, you know, like there, even like with seasons, like in winter, like that's sort of like the hibernating season for Mm -hmm. plants and animals. And also kind of for us, like we're sleepier and whenever we have less energy and stuff and we totally ignore that in Mm -hmm. our culture today, you know, but there's seasons for everything. Like that's more of a restful season and there's more of like spring and fall are more productive seasons just naturally for the way that our energy flows. Um, which is why I'm doing nothing right now because it's a thousand degrees outside (laughs) every single day. Can we hibernate during summer? In I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a vacation to hell to cool off next week. <laughs> yeah. <It's> gonna... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but the the rhythms that you're talking about, the the kind of uh, natural rhythms of the world, yeah. is where this article is gonna go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gonna point out that uh, the the world is not necessarily always in balance. In fact, a lot of things in the world are out of balance. Um, but there are also a lot of natural rhythms that occur in the world. And I think what we'll see is that some of these rhythms are actually kind of pre- not predicted, uh, spelled out within mm-hmm. scripture and with and within how uh, we're kind of expected to think about Sabbath and rest uh, and things like that. The one other thing, <clears throat> excuse me, got all choked up on my own uh, thought there. <laughs> it's uh, beautiful. <laughs> now, the one other thing that I, uh, came to me as you were sharing that, Elise, is that I feel like work-life balance is a uniquely upper class or upper middle class sure. kind of phenomenon, <laughs> yeah. right? Like this idea of like, oh, well, I need work-life balance so I can take this vacation to wherever or I, c- or I can leave my 40-hour-a-week job because I don't have to work two jobs or... All right. And I think that work-life work life rhythm 
has a much more broadly applicable sense of like whatever work you do, however many hours you have to work, whatever you're doing to survive, mm-hmm. there is a rhythm in that. And you right. can find you can find a beauty in the rhythm and you can find a pattern in the rhythm that can be life giving um, in a way that maybe is not as true for just balance. Right. Because right. for some people, the reality is I get no paid vacation. Ooh. I work two jobs and this is all I can ever do afford to do like this and and like there is no chance for balance because i have to do this to survive to feed my family to pay my rent whatever that might be Um, but i think there is still a rhythm in that and listeners uh, we are recording on my device rather than patrick's and so if you're hearing that little dingy ding thing uh i don't know how to turn it off so my bad sorry for that (laughs) so you're Um, welcome for the audio effects today (laughs) yeah that's uh, our own little uh sound editing that we're throwing in there all right so we're gonna uh, dig further into this uh article from irrelevant um so talking about uh, the rhythms, uh, we have here uh, Natan Margalit. I apologize if I'm saying uh, that name incorrectly. Uh, she's a rabbi or she? Yes. Yeah, she is a rabbi and a Jewish scholar. Uh, she says humans are unique. We can choose to ignore rhythm. We can and do keep our factories running day and night. We try to fool hens into laying more eggs by help keeping their lights on 24 hours at a time. With every new pad, pod, and phone, we push ourselves into 24-7 connectedness. We have created a culture which is built on the metaphor of a machine impervious to any rhythm other than the drone of production. In the name of progress, convenience, even freedom, but most of all, profits, we have lost the music of life. So the argument here being uh, we have, through the Industrial Revolution in particular, completely cast aside natural rhythms mm-hmm. uh, and said all that matters is the almighty dollar essentially would be how i would say it um and we've, we've put that in the forefront so what do y'all think it's depressing think she's right i think she is right yeah. yeah do you see that like prevalent in your own lives or in your own experience i don't know pastor Cassandra and i haven't ever had like real jobs yeah so <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean, you went to seminary, you worked in con- like congregation. Yeah, we've had congregational jobs, which is not the same as like I went to a factory oh, 60 sure, hours sure, a week or. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I w- sorry. I did not. <laughs> I knew what I meant. My own gets job. her first real job. Yeah. And David says it's not a he job. He just poops on it. <laughs> this is not a, it's not a real job. You for have me the either. job he used to have, too. That's true. So that was. I, I said I have never had a real job. I also <laughs> do not have a real job. I'm yeah. admitting this. Yeah, so just a tidbit from personal experience. Um, so my Your spouse, days in the coal mine? And my days in the coal mine. <laughs> I long for the mines. Uh, <laughs> have you seen any of those memes where it's like no. children? <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> so Minecraft is the most uh, like, yeah. popular okay. game yeah. like ever downloaded yeah. for kids. And it's like the children long for the mines, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, very nice. Anyway, <laughs> um, my spouse works for an oil and gas company. And um, when COVID shutdowns happen... It was kind of amazing. Like yeah. it was the most time we'd ever spent together. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really eye-opening to me, like how much of his life had been wrapped up mm. in that work schedule and how yeah. much he was actually giving. Because, yeah. you know, starting out, like when we first got married and he he got this job and stuff, it's just kind of expected that that's the way that jobs were going to yeah. be. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, and then when it wasn't for a little bit, it was like, oh wow, like. This that could be different. Could yeah. and probably should be way different. Um, so yeah, just kind of a tidbit there. As it's com- as you're coming out of that, mm-hmm. 
has it shifted back to kind of the pre-COVID pattern or has the company as no. a whole found so, something different or? No, I don't think that the company as a whole has really found something different, but I think individual people mm. inside of the company have found mm. something different. Everybody's kind of held on a little bit to yeah. that. But they're not you know, like weeding fresh air. They're not weeding those people out and saying, okay, you're like you're on board or you're gone. No, but, they're not. Okay. Not yet because it would be, I think probably everybody under <laughs> not yet. 70. That's yeah. Ominous, but that's, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, our author here has uh, some uh, suggestions for how we might do this. And so step one, uh, manage energy, not time Mm -hmm. for managing rhythm. Uh, He's going to, he was the author of mail. I don't remember now. This is all the way at the beginning. Uh, Relevant staff, unknown. Okay. Okay. So this this author uh, is what, this is what chronobiology calls ultradian cycles Mm -hmm. or patterns of life shorter than 24 hours examples of these cycles would be the 90 minute REM cycle the four hour nasal cycle which what is the nasal cycle I don't know but I want to know more about it yeah Um, or the three hour pattern of growth hormone production so these are natural cycles growing boy (laughs) that are ultradian ultradian uh, cycles I'm wondering you know when you get a cold Uh and it feels like you're giving me like this face. All I said is cold. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> coughing on you. Right. Uh, so you. It feels like when you breathe, like you can feel like you breathe out of one nostril better yeah. than the other. And mm-hmm. then it feels like it switches, but you have the cold the entire time. Yeah. I wonder if that's the four hour <sighs> nasal like cycle. I need to look this up. Okay. You work on that. Gonna, I'll talk yeah. about other things. Um, <laughs> so the, this is the idea, right? That um, if we pay attention to where energy lies, uh, rather than just like it's two o'clock in the afternoon, I have to be productive right now. Um, his implication is that this would be a better use of our timing in our day. So, uh, for example, uh, 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 this understanding of our brain's natural rhythm challenges the validity of our eight-hour straight workdays with the absence of methodical breaks, as well as our propensity to manage our clocks rather than our mental energy. So the idea of, like, I have to start at 9 o'clock, I have to end at 5 o'clock, is not as helpful as saying, like, I'm feeling the energy, which sounds super new agey. It does. uh, But, you know, like... (laughs) You know, th- this is the time when it's productive for me to be in place. And this yeah. is when it's, yeah. Uh, so the nasal cycle, if you are curious <laughs> listeners, <laughs> not to, not to uh, interrupt your flow here. You're good. Um, is the unconscious alternating partial congestion and decongestion <gasps> of the nasal cavities. Oh my nice. gosh, animals. that's creepy. Yep. I was right. You were correct. Colds teach us again. So what, what do we think about this? This idea that we need to manage our energy, not our time. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to look it up and I can't find it. On like Instagram or Facebook, I saw this graphic of four different animals, and it talks about like your ideal like work cycle based okay. on when you fall asleep. I don't know if y'all are familiar your with work this. Spirit so animal. there's yeah, like so it's like you're there's a like, wolf and yeah, a bear and a bear. And a yeah, there's like yeah. these different animals, yeah, I'm a, and it's I'm like a wolf. and it's, well, I don't know anything about them. Well, just, it I'm like a wolf. De- <laughs> like depending on it, it talks about like what is your ideal time to wake up, and like are you most productive in the morning or in the afternoon, and it talks about like how your you know eight hour workday or whatever mm-hmm. might actually be like 11 to 7 p.m. or yeah. like you know if you work really well from like 6 to 10 p.m. then maybe you're only working for a chunk in the morning and then like taking the afternoon off and sure. and and so it's more this idea of like rather than forcing yourself to work from like 8 to 5 or whatever yeah. and like being in that place um to like be more attentive to your body and to like when you naturally have energy rather than like you know, trudging along for three hours and then being discouraged that yeah. like you haven't done anything, sure. right? You know, productive or if you will. Yeah, I'm gonna have offer two devil's advocate posts on uh, this one. Uh, one, <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I don't I, want my animal to be. He lame. doesn't want to be a wolf <laughs> anymore. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, one is like, <laughs> it's really hard to work with a team of people. Yeah. Who all have a different work 
Mm-hmm. Rhythm, yeah. right? If like one person's yeah. like, I like to work from four a.m. to ten a.m., and the other person's like, I don't work until eleven. Until then, those two people never see each other. And yeah. like, how do you have a meeting in which these people converse and have important information? Like, you can't do everything through email. I love email as much as the next person. <laughs> you cannot do everything through email. Sure. Um, hire only bears or only wolves. Excellent. Or only field mice. Can I hire an actual bear? <laughs> <laughs> To inflict my will upon those people who do not bend to the schedule that I enforce, I I think there like I should think there has to be room for this, but I also think that we can't like go into a job and like well I only work from three a.m. until five a.m. That's that's when I'm at my most productive, and sure, just like right. expect every yeah. job to bend to that. So that's true. That's devil's advocate number one. Devil's advocate number two is that this also this first step, uh, some of the other ones less so, but this one feels particularly like hey you're in a office setting or upper middle class level management job where you have that flexibility to be able to shift that around right if you're yeah. doing if you're doing shift work if you're doing uh you know work in fast food or in a restaurant or something it does not matter if your productive time is you know 10 a.m to yeah. noon if the dinner rush is 5 p.m to 9 p.m that's when you're working yeah and so i, I guess for me it's like how do you not just find that balance in your work but how do you use that rhythm to your life's benefit um, rather than just saying, okay, well, this is when I have to do my work in order to be productive. There are other ways that you can be productive with that time is maybe what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. I think it's risky too. I mean, when you think about managing energy, I feel like there's so much, there's a lot of power in that. So I'm, yeah. I, I don't know. The like cynic in me is like, you know, someone could be like, I don't have the energy to work today. Sure. No, I only have the it. energy. Yeah. yeah. And then you have like people who have legitimate mental illnesses where like right. yeah. they don't have the energy. So right. I think it's, uh, it's a nice kind of practice, you know, when you think about it, mm-hmm. but the way in which you actually kind of embody it, I yeah. think can really be weaponized in different yeah. ways yeah. Um, or sort of be used to harm folks depending on what they're going through. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's yeah. I think it can get complicated really yeah. quickly. This for that, that managing managing energy instead of time. That one I think is the least grounded in what I would say is like scriptural pieces, right? I, I think there's more scripture that we can bring to the other uh, pieces that we're going to hear. So I, I fully agree that like as far as like this work like ri- work life rhythm, that one, eh, I could take or leave. I think there are other ones that are more helpful that we're going to get to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, let's uh, keep rolling right along. So uh, daily routines are more useful when designed to your body's natural rhythm. Uh, circadian rhythms or our 24-hour biological patterns are seen most clearly in sleeping and eating patterns as well as core body temperature brainwave activity hormone production and cell regeneration um we know uh, by the existence of these rhythms we know that daily routines are valuable to pacing our lives thoughts mm-hmm. do you have a daily routine <laughs> really bad at routines yeah. yeah i'm like more of a seat of my pants person um okay but I, I there are things that happen like in the school year I, like i get up and i take my daughter to school like that's you don't just wake up thing. and be like i don't feel it not today, today. <laughs> yeah it's not i don't happening. have the energy to take you to school today <laughs> i'm a bear so right. make your sandwich yourself dear right. Right. yeah so Mama's you know like i wake up and i get her out the door and that's the first thing that happens and then i kind of go from there like what else does my day have like what do mm-hmm. I have to do because so my schedule is kind of bonkers right now um, and then I kind of build around that a yeah but but that's like on a daily basis sure, sure. there's not any like one thing that I'm like I wake up and I do this for 10 minutes and then I you know stretch for 10 minutes and then I yeah. <laughs> read or you know but I think that's but, like that's finding 
your individual version of the pattern right. uh, of the routine, right? Like, yeah. I don't think this is needs to be so militaristic. It's like, okay, you must wake <laughs> up at seven a.m. Right. You must brush teeth at four. Yeah. You must hug Mother Russia at seven, right? Yeah. You, like, that's not uh, <laughs> what you do. Uh, but like, each of us adapt that to our own our own situation yeah. and status. What I've noticed that I, I find helpful with this is my days off are Mondays, right? We've talked about that already. Uh, when I have like a list of things I want to get done, I feel better at the end of the day than on the Mondays where I don't have a list at all. And I spend the day like maybe doing a load of laundry, maybe watching some shows. Yep. May, like if I'm like, and it's not that I feel like I have to be working, right? That list of things to get done is like, well, I want to do some laundry and I yeah. want to make sure I mow the grass today and I want to make sure I get in a run today. And yeah. I want to, you know, it's, you know, intentional movement through the day rather than just lounging on the couch, slothing it for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's where I start to see like, okay, there is a, there's a helpfulness to the routine, even if that routine is different, right? It's not that every Monday is the same, but the routine uh, is, is useful for me in that sense. Yeah. I feel like I really stagnate in routine because I don't like anybody telling me what to do. And I don't like <laughs> me telling me what to do. <laughs> it's really stupid. <laughs> but like, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and then this and then this, and this is what we do every day. Yeah. I like, I'm so stubborn. Like, Shut I, up, I'm like self. I will not do that today. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yes. At all? Yeah. Are you a seven? I am a seven. Oh my God. Okay. How did because, you know? Because my best friend is a seven okay. and, and I call him on my yeah. drive home and I said, you know, it would be really helpful for me if I could just put like a note in my calendar that I'm going to call you. And he's like, no, no because, because then, then I won't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, even if anymore. I call you, even if I call you every day after yeah. work, like that's okay he's like yes but when you when it's scheduled on my calendar it is no longer something i want to do so I feel anyway, that. that's yeah. a little I side note it. but yeah you're just giving me like seven <laughs> yeah, vibes like, and so yeah. the two in me is like oh my gosh <laughs> no schedule <laughs> right anyway what's there your you enneagram number six yeah. oh mm-hmm. you're a warrior well Boy, i don't was. think he's actually a six. I, no i feel like that can't be right no i think he false tested so <laughs> We did the Enneagram. <laughs> we did an Enneagram test as a, oh, it was almost a year ago, wasn't it? It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Um, That's yeah. fun. It's so, like the Enneagram. I don't think he's a six. Yeah. yeah. I was a six when I did it for real back in seminary. And then a year ago, we did like just the quick, the quick test. Yeah. So it's really yeah. like your fundamental motivation, right? Like, no, I under, I under, we're not here to talk about the Enneagram. Either. That's <laughs> maybe we are. Maybe we are. All right. So <laughs> we're going to listen to the pattern and <laughs> routine of this podcast and uh, get off topic again. Uh, all right. So daily routines uh, are all good. Uh, number three, Sabbath isn't just a religious act. Uh, research has uncovered that our heartbeat, blood pressure, body temperature, hormone levels, and among other things, rise and fall in seven-day patterns known as circuseptin cycles. I think that's right. Circuseptin cycles. I'm willing to go with it. Interestingly, all of these weekly conditions are dependent on a restful period of time. In other words, our bodies and brains need rest on a weekly basis to fully replenish. Um, so this is where we start to see things that were kind of played out for us in scripture, right? God uh, commands the people to rest on the seventh day. Mm-hmm. Uh, says the Sabbath, the Sabbath day is holy. Uh, you're not going to do any work. God also gives instructions about letting the earth rest on the seventh year. You're not going to plow fields and things like that. Uh, the seventh, seventh year. So the, the, I guess it's actually the 50th year because it's seven sevens and then it's the next year is a year of Jubilee in which like everything is reset. It's like a super Sabbath. Um, and so like all of these are like set in these uh, patterns of seven and science over the time has borne out like, yeah, this is a lot of these are actually really helpful practices. Like yeah. maybe it's not always exactly seven, 
but like you know rotating your crops is really important and useful like not just planting the same thing over and over letting the ground rest is really important and useful um letting our bodies rest like we can't just go 24 7 all the time there is a rhythm to our body and to our reset um like all of those things have kind of played out in ways that we didn't realize and so what started as hey do this thing because god tells you to is really like no, do this thing because it's going to connect you with the fact that you're created for something more than just seven days of, of droning on work. Sure. Right? Yeah. There's kind of a, I think it's the famous story or anecdote at this point about how in France at one point, I think maybe pre French revolution, they tried to change the work week to like Ooh. a 14 day work week and a few days off. Okay. So you're going to work for 14 days and then you oh. have like three or four days off. Um, and then all the horses started dying. Like uh-huh. of exhaustion, just like dropping dead. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like an interesting. I and you know, I don't know how true exactly that is, but it is something I've it's heard a good story. multiple times. Yeah. I bet you can find it on the internet. Probably can. <laughs> Maybe Snopes it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I think in principle, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm just imagining how that would work a 14 day work week. Because I, I like the idea of like four yeah. days off. Like that sounds appealing. Yeah. I mean, there are people that work rotator schedules, right? Like sure. two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah kind of thing um yeah or you know even like a you know emergency responders right, right. Where they're like i don't know sometimes it's like 48 hours on 36 right. off or something i don't yeah. know it's different but i think there are ways in which you find the balance or find the rhythm i gotta use my own right words yeah. i find the rhythm in all of that right um but there is a natural cycle to this um how do we think we do or do not help people live into sabbath hmm. so how would we define sabbath you know, as a modern church. Hmm. How would I define Sabbath? Right. Because kind of the old school definition of it was steeped in a lot of like rules, like yes. mm-hmm. thou shalt not type thing. Right. Yeah. But what is that? You know, modern life looks a lot different too. Like stuff doesn't shut down on Sunday and you've still mm-hmm. got stuff going on and, you know, kind of life activities that need to happen on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, how do we, define and uh find meaning in sabbath yeah pastor can anyone take a swing at this one yeah i mean i think my understanding of sabbath has changed since i've been like working more regularly in a church Mm. because like that's true you don't get sundays off yeah because like sundays are not (laughs) like i mean i'm working right it's not like it's not like a restful thing and um but that doesn't mean that it's not uh worshipful time Mm -hmm. or you know like there still are some of those aspects of sabbath so like at least in my own life i've had to figure out how to make spaces for that physically other days during the week yeah um i think like for me the things that resonate about sabbath that you know i think we see in like in the jewish community and like throughout scripture is like I've always been so fascinated by like not cooking, like this idea of like preparing food ahead of time. (laughs) And then like, all you have to do is like eat, right? Like, like just this shift. And for some people, like my mom, like cooking is like her thing. Like she loves doing it and it's not work, but like how can we create space in our schedule and like be together, like with loved ones doing things that are meaningful and relational, but aren't necessarily work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And leaving that for, another day yeah yeah for me that's uh, that's getting at the heart of what i find uh, in sabbath right that sabbath is given first off as a gift right it was mm-hmm. never given as a burden right the intention of sabbath is to be a gift to the people because it was not the common practice of the the environment at the time right i mean they came out of slavery where mm-hmm. you were working 24 7 because yeah. you were a slave and that was it um so it's, it's given as a gift the intention is to remind the people that whatever you think you do to work and to provide for yourself god is always the one who provides for you 
right? So the intention of Sabbath is to take a day where you are fully um, relying on God for everything that you need. And I think that can take place when you aren't doing any work, when you aren't cooking, etc. It can also take place uh, when you're doing those things and you're simply making yourself remember, hey, this meal that I have, I'm able to have because I'm you know, because God has provided this for me, mm-hmm. right? You you can have that kind of Sabbath connection with God, that intentional remem- remembrance of God's uh, presence and provision for your life throughout what, whatever activity you're doing. Yeah. And so I think the intentionality of having a day or even a period of time, right, where you can say, this is a time where I'm going to think about it extra intentionally, right, is a really beneficial practice, right? Uh, and maybe that does mean uh, if if cooking is your labor, right? Maybe that doesn't mean, okay, on this day, I'm not going to cook because I always feel like I have to provide for myself and I'm going to remember that God provides for me even in this. Or it's, uh, I'm going to take this time to be with my family because all week long, we can't be together, but I know that God provides this provides for this family and we're going to be together mm-hmm. um, doing this thing. Um, I'm not as worried about, am I turning on a light? Am I going up an elevator? Am I driving a car, right? Like for yeah. me, that that is not what stops me from recognizing Sabbath. Um, one of the, the practices that, Uh, my spiritual director has talked to me about is like what she calls mini Sabbaths and the idea of like, how do you take um, time out of just shorter blocks or how do you take an hour? How do you take half an hour? How do you take 10 minutes to have that mini Sabbath of in this space? I'm going to remember that God is the one who provides for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like super conditioned to take a nap on Sundays. (laughs) I I think there might be something to that now that we're talking about this. And I also want to defend my position on napping on Sundays. Um, Sure, No need to defend it. Um, Yeah. For whatever reason, it's Sunday is my day. Like I know Sunday afternoon I'm going to fall asleep at some point, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I wish my children uh, followed that plan. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought was that means you're not watching football on Sundays. Oh, so no. she's absolutely that's my not. brain. I, yeah, I do not. Yeah, not, yeah. not down with the sports ball. <laughs> I will say one of my uh, favorite activities uh, when I was younger was uh, watching a golf tournament with my dad. And I, I mean, it, was, it was a real golf tournament. Oh, okay. Watching should have been in golf right. or in, in it, quotes. Yeah. Uh, but we would both sit down to watch the tournament at like, I don't know, one, two o'clock in the afternoon and they golf for hours. Yeah. We'd both fall asleep <laughs> and we'd wake up close to the time when the the leader was actually getting to like the back nine. So we wouldn't nice. see yeah. the vast majority of the tournament, but we'd see the important part right. and we would get a nap. <laughs> and then great. dinner's ready. And then dinner. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got one more here. Uh, we can't control the seasons. At least I think this is a little bit what you were talking about mm-hmm. at the very beginning, right? That there's a, a rhythm to the seasons. We can't determine when it's winter, when it's uh, spring, right? We don't uh, have any control over that. We don't have any control over the sun or the moon or how those things happen. We don't have any control over the tides. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, this is uh, for me getting to our piece from Ecclesiastes, right? There's a time for everything, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have a control over when people die or when we're sad or when we are uh, have the opportunity to rejoice, right? Sometimes there are ways in which we look at the world, but sometimes things just happen to us and we have no control over those seasons. And there are seasons of our lives where we go through that. Can you say that piece from Ecclesiastes for people that might not be familiar with it? Uh, I don't know that we actually said it. The birds uh, sing it uh, better than I can say it Uh, to everything or to everything. There's a season, a time to reap and a time to sow a time to live a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to uh, weep. Uh, It goes on from there, but that's the the premise of it. Yep. Turn, turn, turn by the birds. If you uh, B Y R D S, if you're into the, 70s folk rock <laughs> it's in the bible too right it is in the bible yes. but the, the birds turned it into a <laughs> yeah. song yeah. yes cool it's used at funeral sometimes it is yeah. often yeah. yeah mostly for the time to weeping part yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and, and that's the thing right like uh, that it's okay to be in that space because yeah. so, and, and this is man christianity does this so often of mm. like 
you've got to be happy. Like you've got to like, sure. You got to rejoice in the Lord. You got to yeah. like praise every day. And like, there's something to that. There's important to praise God. I'm for that. But there's also plenty of space in, in scripture and in the Bible of faithful people saying there is a time where we just got to weep. Yeah. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. Right. Um, you know, death is not a part of how the world is supposed to be. Losing loved ones is not how the world. And, right. and yes, we can celebrate that this person is with God. That's great. And we can hold this tension of, you know, being weeping and, yeah. and sorrow and feeling like we are abandoned in this place. Yep. Right? Like all of that is okay. God is big enough to hold all of that. Yeah. And rather than trying to, I think this gets us back to this point, right? We can't control the seasons. Rather than trying to control that and say, I can't be sad right now. I have to put that over there. Yeah. Letting yourself experience that as it comes in the season of life. And yeah. knowing that that season will not last forever. Yeah. Because that's the other, the other piece of that is that it's it's okay and it's also temporary. Yeah. Right? Because there's a rhythm to all of that as well. Yeah. Even in Game of Thrones, winter is not forever. <laughs> I think the hard thing too is like, you know, the, the, you know, type A part of my brain wants to be like, you know, everyone's in winter together and everyone's in summer together. But yeah. like, we are all going yeah. through our own seasons and those seasons all last, you know, different amounts of time. And so like, yeah. you know, I could be in the middle of like the happiest time of my life and the person next to me has just lost a loved one. Right. And yeah. so, you know, it like, you know, feels very overwhelming for me sometimes when I'm like getting ready to preach and I'm looking at all of these people and I'm like, crap, like there are people here who are grieving. There are people here who are happy. There are people who have lost jobs. There are people, you know, I mean, it's just like, there are so many, you know, seasons and then the in-betweens of like transitioning Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. seasons that, um, that, uh, that awareness is important for me, um, in like how I share joy and also Mm -hmm. how I like have space to like, be empathetic with folks too right right? um and just to be attentive to like my own seasons but then the seasons of the people around me too yeah yeah one of the the things that i continue to be learning uh in a pastoral role right is how to give someone the space to be in their own season without their season affecting my season Mm, right that that they can be in sorrow and i don't have to be in sorrow to sit with them right i can i can sit with you in winter and i can still be feeling like it's summer and i can i can let you uh, sit with me when you're in summer and I can still feel like it, right? Like both of those things can be true. And there are some people who really love winter and some people who really love summer. Right. And mm-hmm. like those two people probably marry each other and probably <laughs> <laughs> don't load the dishwasher the same way. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, that that's like some people are more comfortable in what we might call that winter space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and acknowledging the beauty in frozenness and, you know, dead trees and things of that nature. And some people are, uh, more comfortable in spring or when the summer, mm-hmm. when the growth is obvious, right? And yeah. like people just thrive in different spaces. And I think we can learn from each other in the yeah. midst of that. My, uh, my preaching professor, when she was teaching us about like how to preach, she would talk about like a pendulum swing. And on one side, it was like despair. And on the mm-hmm. other side, it was hope. And she would talk about like, even in a funeral sermon, you're not only talking about despair, right? Yeah. right. And I think it's a helpful way to just like think about like how we engage with people in general or like mm. talk to people in general because we're always sort of swinging between, you know, like hope and despair and like joy and sorrow and these, you know, kind of opposites, if you will. Yeah. And like finding, you know, finding our way in the midst of both of them yeah. and, you know, figuring out how to describe that and like feel it and share that with other people um, yeah. rather than sort of like, you know, siloing ourselves off to like only one, you know, shade of our emotions yeah 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 like uh inside out when they try to cut out sadness 
Yeah. And then the whole brain starts to fall apart. I still yeah. haven't seen it. Oh. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm, I'm way behind. That's all right. It's a good one. Movie. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't often day. like come in with a hot movie recommendation, but Inside Out was good. It was good. This is this is our hot recommendation. It's for not today. a hot recommendation. I'm <laughs> saying like it carries extra weight because I don't do this. Like Patrick will give you a recommendation on every movie every week because he Great. sees things all the time. Yeah. I don't, and so this one is it's more valuable. Yeah. Are we doing recommendations? <laughs> uh, we we just did. That was <laughs> okay. Do you have one? Sure, I've got one. What do you got? Uh, is it related to this or is this just off? Because we'll wrap this up first if we. Yeah, wrap it up first. It's not all related. right. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> anything else on rhythms or rhythm of life all right all right elise you've got a recommendation for us i have a book recommendation oh okay what are we reading (laughs) um i'm reading just like home by sarah gailey um which is a story about a woman that goes back to her childhood home after being gone for 17 years isn't Um, this the movie sweet home alabama no (laughs) listen uh she's taking care of her dying mother and there's all this stuff about the house and you Uh slowly kind of realize and like they talk about her father and how he's gone, but he's very famous Ooh. and it kind of has affected her life. Um, but you find out over the course of several chapters that her father is actually a serial killer um, and she's gone back. Yeah. It's famous so for, good. Famous for a different reason. Yes. It's not, so okay. good. Yeah. All right. Is it like a murder mystery kind of thing? It's not a murder mystery. It's more of like a family dynamics thing okay. where right. when your dad is like the most famous serial killer, mm. you know. So she's not like being hunted by this famous serial killer. No, no, okay, no. no. Right. It's just her going home to like all of that. Yeah. And reliving legacy. that. Yeah. yeah. It's really sure. good. All right. What was it again? Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. All right. There you go, listeners. If you're yeah. into family dynamics, that sounds like a doozy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you want to feel good about your family. (laughs) By comparison, to my knowledge, we do not have a serial killer, though it's always the people you least expect. So statistically, someone's family has a serial killer in it. (laughs) A serial killer? What? Like statistically, somebody's family here has a serial killer? Not necessarily in this room, but like in the world, yeah. Oh, in the world, yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How many, all right, how many serial killers are there in the world? Like what's the, what's the breakdown? Percentage of population. How many are serial killers? That's a good question. They're actually, they're previously were more they peaked in like oh, yeah? the 80s yeah uh, did you know this did they go yeah. down because it's gotten easier to catch people or people just like so, lost interest in killing lots of people a little bit of a rabbit hole but <laughs> okay one well of let's my, do the short version because <laughs> okay one of my very best friends works for the fed in oregon and okay. kind of her task that she was given was to research what created like the rise of the serial killer in oregon and on the west coast okay because um, so it was big for a while it was big especially over there and it was kind of like a perfect storm of yeah. like the world was more mobile, but cell phones weren't a thing yet. Uh, There's kind of that free love culture. People were hitchhiking mm-hmm. and kind of up and down. And there were that main byway in between sure. Canada and California. And it just created this. There's isolated people, but they're still connected. So perfect opportunity. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty scary. I know. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, listeners, right. Elise just bringing us down again. Sorry <laughs> for the bummer again. <laughs> First with the yeah. bears getting eaten. Now with the, the serial killers. Yeah. Uh, with that note, if you liked what you heard on this podcast, or even if you didn't, go check out <laughs> our <laughs> website, beyondsundaypodcast.com. Dot com? No, dot org. Beyondsundaypodcast.org. You can find all of our uh, past episodes there. And of course, uh, send us your thoughts on your own work life for them and ways that you find uh, to live into that. We'd love to hear those stories at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. I don't know. Patrick usually says something. In the I year. can do it. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday. Well, I could have done that. Just... <laughs> I think it is dot com. It is dot com. <laughs> is 100%. it? <laughs> <laughs>